As uh, Pastor Michael just said, turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, and uh, we're going to be looking at verse 18 and 19 and picking up kind of where we left off. Um, If I was to define it, I'd say being a disciple is you being all that God created and designed for you to be. You you probably look at yourself and say, man, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm there yet. You know, I, I struggle with my flesh. I struggle with my my problems and things. I, let, let me just let you guys know that we're all in that spot. God, God's not done. And so I, I'm, I want to be everything that he created me to be. And I, I wanted, I got into this and I'm thinking, man, why are there so many people that are empty, struggling, craving, wanting more? Gave the silly illustrations last week about people wanting to fit in and be identified by their, their coolness of their clothes or the, what they drive or what they talk like and things like this. And we go back to Genesis and we see how God created us in his image. Actually, just to start it off, I'm going to ask Christian and uh, Pastor Dave to come back up here for just a minute. Uh, if you weren't here, and I'll get Pastor Dave to act good. Well, I know. So in, in a, if, if you don't know that this is... Uh, Pastor Dave and his son Christian, and if with anybody, if you have a child, people will be able to say, wow, they're so different. In a lot of ways, they're so much alike. There's similarities. But I want to just use this illustration, the fact of going back to the garden of when God created us. God said, I want to create man in, in our image, different than everything else, in our likeness. There's, there's a lot of things that Christian does that is like his father, but they're not a replica. They're not a duplicate. But you got to understand that the purpose, the beginning of your life, the beginning of your creation is the fact that God created us for this fellowship. He said you are fearfully and, and wonderfully made. We looked at that definition about wonderfully made literally means separated unto himself. You were made to fit here. Christian, this is, this is where you belong. You, you, were, you were brought into this world to be part of a family, to, to, to be there. Uh, this is where we find our identity. So you guys know, in the fellowship of the Father, we learn, and I use that illustration of the hammer, of you want to know what that's created for? And people could look it up and say, man, this is awkward, this is weird. And God says, no, let me show you. Here's the handle, this is what it does, it creates, it builds. It's a, it's a masterpiece in the hand of the creator. Satan showed up. We find our identity, we find our belonging, we find our purpose. Satan showed up to Adam and Eve and said, did you know you could be a god? God doesn't want you to know that. But he wanted to do is say, hey, you don't need that identity. You can be your own God. Little G in that passage. But the, the I think, thing that he was trying to get across is you don't need God. You know what happens when we get separated from God? We lose our identity. We lose our purpose. You know how I can prove this? You take this world that is sitting out there and they're sitting there going, I just want to find where I, I fit in. I want to know where I belong. I want to know why I'm empty, why I'm unhappy, why I'm striving, why I'm searching, what's wrong with me. People have identity crisis. People try to reach into the world and pull things in their life and they're saying, why do I feel so empty? Celebrities that could own their own yachts and planes and islands and yet they still end up, some of them, fighting with depression, alcoholics. Why? Something's missing that they know. You know why? Because you weren't intended to be by yourself. And then all of a sudden in the New Testament, we see this thing and you're like, what in the world does that have to do with disciple, be one, make one? Jesus comes one day and he walks up and he says, "Um, follow me 
and I'll make you fishers of men. You've got to understand the whole thing there of there's these guys that were just fishermen. Stinky, get the job done, pull the nets in, mend them, go home, do it again the, other, the, the next day. What it was is God was saying, hey, hey guys, I, I want you. Do you realize that God desires you? He didn't just come to a crowd and say, I want you to know what's right and wrong and I hope you do it. No, he walked up and said, come here, follow me, come here. Come be part of my life. Let, let me show you what you were created to be. And then he said, I'll make you fishers of men. Fishers of men, we're fishers of, you know, this is our trade. God said, I'm going to give you a new title. God, God takes the title of what we're separated away from God. We, we, we're identified, oh, that guy's a failure. That guy's a loser. That, that guy is, is messed up. That guy is this and that. And God says, no, I'm going to make you a child of God. I'm going to make you my disciple. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So let's pick up right there. Thank you, guys. And that's where we left off last week. Finding our purpose, our identity, our fulfillment in God. When Jesus came and saith unto them, follow me. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. We learned from this everything that God intended for us to be. But I, I want you guys to realize what a disciple is. Because sometimes we will define a disciple as a follower of Jesus Christ. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But can I point out, even with this quote that Jesus said in the passage that we're doing, the disciple making came not from the following, but what he made you to be. Do you guys see that? It, it, it's not just the act of going through the motions of where are we going. I don't know. Well, hey, I heard he's going to be passing out fish and bread. Oh, that's awesome. I'm serving. It wasn't a matter of just going with the crowd. It wasn't a matter of just being God's or Jesus' entourage or his followers. It's a matter of what he was going to turn you into. You realize that God's doing something. He's working on you. He's changing you. He was creating them to be men and women that would carry out the mission of God. Men and women that would be created to be different from the world along the way he stopped them and said hey guys i'm the light of the world he said you're the light of the world you know what he's doing i want you guys to be like me i want you guys to carry on the mission that you were created to do i want you to be different than the world a lot of christians don't understand being a follower of christ means that you're different than the world you're not the same and I know some people take this too extreme where they, they you know, they want to climb up in the mountains and live alone and be a hermit and, you know, and, 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 and pull away from the world. That Jesus was smack in the middle of the world. He didn't run from sinners. He was a friend to sinners. And never anywhere along the way did he just say, everything goes and nothing, no, no, his character, his morality, his integrity was much different than the world around him. Christians are to stand out. So let's get into this. I'm, I want to do my points different today. I want to do it more like a prayer. And the reason why I want to do it like a prayer because I want it to be personal with you and God. I, I don't want to just say this is what Jesus did with the disciples. I want to look at what Jesus did with the disciples and say, Lord, I want that. Matthew 4.19, and he saith unto them, follow me. And if you're marking your notes or in your Bible, underline, I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. 
Remember, we were created in the image of God, but what changed things? Well, man sinned and sin passed upon all men, for all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. So I want to use this illustration this morning of a mirror because it is something definitely that all of us would relate to. And I'm going to show you in a minute that this illustration is very much so a spiritual illustration that we follow in the Bible. The phrase, will make you, comes from the root word of the root meaning means to perform repeatedly or habitually by implication to execute or accomplish. So you can imagine Jesus coming up to the disciples and saying, man, follow me and I'm going to make you into something. He said, oh, let me, let me explain it like this. If I was to do it to Pastor Dave or come up to him and say, hey, who you are, you're not going to be anymore. What I'm going to do in your life, I'm going to change you. And every step of every day, of every moment, of every service, of every waking moment, uh, of getting up and going to work and everything that I do, I'm going to be working and accomplishing something in your life. Because what you might not understand and see, all these things are going to work together for good to them that are love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Just so you know today, if you're a child of God, you're called according to his purpose. Not according to the world. We're not here to lay up treasures here on the earth, but treasures in heaven. You don't live for yourself. If you are, that's mimicking in the image of the world and you will come up empty and broken and miserable and seeking for the rest of your life. None of the things of this world will ever bring you satisfaction. But God said, I'm going to do a transformation in your life. I'm going to change you from who you are into the image of the Son. God has a plan for you. I'll prove it. Ephesians 2.10, you don't have to turn there, just look at the screen. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which he, which he hath before the ordained that we should walk in them. Let me put it like this, and you might not feel this way. You are a, a masterpiece created by God. So man, I'm helping you out right now. You, you can look at your wife right now and say, hey baby, I am a masterpiece. Valentine's Day is Tuesday. Right at the bottom of Ephesians 2.10, love your masterpiece, baby. That's right. That's what the Bible says. We we were created. We We weren't an accident. We weren't random. We weren't cosmic goo that blew up and turned into something. Created in Christ Jesus under good works. You know what that under good works is? That's your purpose. He said, what am I there here to do? God says, man, to do good works, to accomplish things for God, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. What is walk in them? That is the plan, the journey, the mission, the purpose, being a disciple. Now, before we get any further, I've got to bring this home to what we're looking at. Being honest, how many of you look at yourself and you say, I know I'm being silly with that, but spiritually speaking, you look and say, God, I don't see a masterpiece. I don't. You know, sometimes you get up in the morning and you had a rough night and you haven't been taking care of yourself like you should be and your clothes aren't fitting and, you know, you didn't have time to iron or whatever and you stand and it'll go, oh, oh my. It's like, woo, you know, I don't want to look at that anymore. You know, sometimes for us, as people, we, we look at the full reflection of who we are and we say, I'm not 
anything to brag about. I see the anger that's tearing my family apart. I go to, I go to work. I don't pray for my boss. I mock him. I see myself as problems and habits that I can't get over. Are you sure you see a masterpiece? Because I don't. I, I, I see a mess. You ever looked at yourself and you say, all I see is a mess? I, I see myself for who I am. I see my flaws, my lust, my greed, my road rage. I can't get around my kids without getting mad and upset and irritable. I know that God's talking about what he created us to be, but I'll tell you, I'm not there. The, the mirror, like I said, is actually a spiritual illustration. If you go to the book of James, and you don't have to, just James 1.23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer only, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So the Bible talks about this being that mirror. We go up and look at it and say, I, I have some work to do. Now, I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but in your heart right now, acknowledge I got some work to do. I, I got some things that are out of place, and I don't think I reflect because I was created to, to be in the image of the Son of God, in the image of God, in the image of Christ. And right now, I look at it and I don't see Jesus. I see somebody that gets mad, and I see somebody that has some issues that need to be cleaned up. That's what I see. Can I remind you as you look in the spiritual mirror of your life? Let me just just put it out there, that whatever you see, God loves that. God loves it. This doesn't make sense to me, but when I see my greed and my problems and my, my hate and my anger and my lack of discipline, God says, hey, by the way, I still love all of that. Not the sin, but he loves the child of God. And Sometimes we walk away giving up, but I tell you, the father never gives up on his kids. God doesn't look at you and say, man, what a mess. God looks at you and says, man, what potential. You are just as loved. You are just as desired. We looked at Romans eight twenty nine. For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. When I see this, it should be a reflection of Jesus. This is what it should. See, I, I should look in there and say, wow, I'm becoming more like him. But a lot of times I don't, I don't see Jesus. I don't see God. I don't see his character. I'm not talking about perfection. He said in the likeness of God. People walk around you and, and walk away and say, wow, there's something about that guy. I don't know what it is, but I, I felt like I had purpose or I, I felt like I belonged or I, I felt like I, was, I meant something. Because that's what we do. We're, we're the light of the world. We expose truth. We lift up. We edify. We point people to the hope of Jesus Christ. It's what we do. But if people get around us and they don't feel what they felt when they got around Jesus, then we're not a true disciple or in the image of God. So Jesus calls these guys and he says, come on, guys, let's do this thing. He didn't say, come on, masterpieces, but he knew what he was thinking. See, following God is a journey that conforms you into the image of his son to be in the likeness of him so this morning let's talk about the extreme makeover have you guys ever seen the shows where the first show it's all these people that are like you know have all these issues and things like that and by the end of the show they come out and they're totally different i believe that when god gets his hands on the clay 
when God gets his hand on a sinner, when God gets uh, your hands on who you used to be and the old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new, that's an extreme makeover. And you're thinking, man, if you just knew the mess that I have, you've got to understand the power that he has to change you. So here's the prayers that we're going to pray. Number one, Lord, show me. See, we're, we're looking at this, this, this uh, mirror illustration here. See, I've read the Gospels, and I know the stories of the miracles, of the teaching of Jesus, the journeys that they went on, the opposition of the Pharisees. I can't put my finger. I've done this so many times. You go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I, I can't change a page and go, there it is. Oh my goodness, there it is. That's where Jesus changed them. That's where Peter was no longer that guy he used to be. Or that, right there in Mark chapter whatever, that's where everything transitioned. I can't find it. And I think sometimes we as Christians have this mindset that one day we're going to go to the altar, we're going to stand up and, you know, lights are going to shine down from heaven and smoke's going to come up around us and we're going to walk back to our seats and we're going to go out to our car and we're never going to get mad again and we're never going to cuss and we're never going to get angry and we're going to love our wives and that would be great. But that's not what we find in Scripture. See, the journey that they were on, it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even Acts, and all the way through that God was continually working on them. You can tell by the end of the books, and when you get into the book of Acts, that they were following Jesus and they were slowly changed. Let me show you how. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Let's just flip forward a couple of verses. And seeing the multitudes, they go up and they're following Jesus. And they're like, man, you were recruited too? Yeah. Where are we going? I don't even know. He said he's going to turn me into a fisher of men. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm a pretty good stinking fisherman. I'll tell you that. How many of you caught? Man, I could do that in my sleep. Dude, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden, Jesus sits them down. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain when he was set. His disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You can imagine as a hush went over there and they're getting this message and Peter looks over at John and then he just looks down at the ground and poor in spirit. You see, poor didn't mean like a lack of money like we talk about. And the spirit is a small s. So it wasn't talking about the, the Holy Spirit. It wasn't blessed are those that don't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't even have that yet. But it was the inner man. Who I am. And God said, blessed are those that are poor, meaning empty. Of spirit, of who you are. And all of a sudden those guys are like, I'm, I think I'm all that and I'm not. You want to know where God was beginning the transition them from the Holy Word of God speaking to their ear to tell them, I want to change you. But you've got to acknowledge, you've got to see in the Word of God that you are full of yourself and you are arrogant and you have not arrived. And God, may it be less of me and more of you, Lord. May I see who I am. Because we all struggle with pride and arrogance. We all do. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but I promise you, we all do. When we're wrong and we've got to prove ourselves right or somebody cuts us off in traffic and I've got to honk back at him and all these different things. Man, I've got to prove that I'm right. And Jesus said, man, the first step is acknowledging that it's all of him and less of you. Say, so what's happening? They didn't even get it then. 
But here Jesus is in the garden. Father, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus is teaching that in Matthew chapter 5, what he wanted them to be, created in the image of God. When he got on his hands and knees and he washed their feet, it's being poor of spirits, of empty of himself. See, as you follow God, you know what God is doing? Every time you go to church and every time you read your Bible and every time God's opening the word and saying, do you look like this? And you come into church and you say, it doesn't matter because the more we get away from the mirror, the more we become like ourselves. You know what actually happens? We run to the world and we end up being conformed to the image of the world instead of the image of God. You know why it's important for you to look at what the mirror looks like of the word of God so you become in his image and not the world's image? When we're in the world's image, we're camouflaged, we blend in, we don't stand out, we're not light, we're not salt. We were created to be different. You say, how did it happen? God was teaching them step by step. Empty yourself. Here's the spiritual mirror. Let's just keep reading. It's not even my message. It's just good. Wait a minute. (laughs) Ignore that last statement. (laughs) Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And all of a sudden, God's saying all this, and they're looking at it going, that's not me. The Holy Spirit, through the conviction of God, will show you what is not right to bring you to the next thing of God, what God wants to do. It wasn't just, Lord, show me. It goes from, Lord, show me to, Lord, change me. See, the, the whole thing that God is doing is conforming us into the image of His Son. The fact is, you cannot follow Him and stay the same. Did you guys know that? You can't go outside and be on vacation in Florida and be outside in the sun every day and not walk away different. Did you guys know that? You're either going to be tan or burnt. But if you're like most of us that live in Ohio, you're going to be burnt because we don't know what the sun looks like, okay? But you're either going to be tan or burnt. You can't get into the power and the presence of the sun and walk away the same. You cannot spend time in the Word of God. You cannot spend time in church. You cannot spend time around Christian fellowship and praising God and doing the things that exalt the name of Jesus Christ and walk away the same. You can't do it. Moses is one of the only guys that ever was able to say, Lord, I just want to see a glance of you. And he said, you couldn't handle it. You died. Lord, just a glance. He said, I'll pass by. You'll see the backside of me. He walked off that mountain and they were like, wow, you look like you've been in the presence of God. It's not about us being built up, but I'll tell you, there's a change that takes place in your life. As you start to look in the mirror and say, what needs to go? Lord, show me. What is not right? Show me. I got a phone call. I told so many guys the story, but I didn't get into the whole detail of it. Um, my mom called me one day and she was like, Tony, um, my bathroom's a mess. I can't afford it uh, to fix it. And I said, Mom, I'm going to come down and spend a, a week and we're going we're gonna to gut that thing and do it. Have you guys ever gotten into a project that ended up being more than what you thought? So here's the bathroom when I first got there. And I walk in there and I'm getting ready to tear it apart. And I get a phone call from my mom saying, hey... I don't know if I want to get all the way into it. Why don't we just replace the toilet and the sink and just call it that? Show the next picture. 
So I'm, that, at this point, I send this picture to my mom, and I'm like, it might be too late. <laughs> then I sent her the next picture after that, and I said, yeah, it's too late, mom. <laughs> I get in there, and all of a sudden, what I'm realizing, on the outside, everything looks okay. But the more I begin to peel back the walls and get into it, I realize that there was stuff that was rotted. There was stuff that was out of place. There was stuff that was leaning. There was things that were out of whack. That The floor was not level. The, the floor was not jacked up right. Somebody cut the joist and put it in a pipe. All these things were happening all, all around it. It was not right. Here, here's the thing that you've got to understand. When God steps into your life and say, Lord, show me what is wrong, it's going to get uncomfortable. And God steps into your life and all of a sudden the change them of who they are and your prayer and your arrogance and your, your attitude and your cursing and everything that resembles the world and not God. God begins to rip it out because he cannot put in love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, kindness and all those other things if he doesn't first get the junk out. Amen. Can you imagine me slapping drywall over that or putting in tile on a rotten floor? Or going in there and putting a brand new tub but without fixing that thing. So we put it together and at the end of it, through the work and everything that God did, we had a, a working thing that was working under good works. I don't know how that works with the bathroom, just go, go with it. But it wasn't the same. Thank you, Richard. I'm here to tell you guys, when you get under the word of God... And God begins to show you things of what's not right. He then takes that chisel in your life... Or that hammer and that claw hammer. And it begins to go in there and it begins to tear those things out. And I'll tell you the first thing that you're going to do. You go to church and it's like, man, who is he to tell me that da, 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 da. It's not me, it's God. I'm not trying to conform you into the image of Fellowship Baptist Church or Tony DeLiuzzo. The goal of the word of God is to conform you into the image of his son. Because that's what a disciple is. When he said, follow me, and I will make you, I will change you, I will transition you, I will accomplish something, that's what it takes. Don't run when God convicts you. Say what needs to go and what needs to get in here. And by the way, he has every right to tear you apart because you belong to him. We cannot sit there and say, I surrender all and I bought with a price and paid in full and all those other things. And then just sit there and say, who is he to tell me that I should change my language or change my attitude? He's your God and he's your creator. Amen. He's got every right. But I tell you, we cannot sit there and tell the world about the greatness of our God and the things that he does in our life unless we allow him to change us. Let me give you a verse that backs us up. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word conform means we naturally look like the world because we follow the world, what is cool. The word conform means to fashion alike, to conform in the same pattern. So the, the thing is, you get in the world and you watch Hollywood, and I, I don't care if it's immodest, immodesty is in with the world, it's going to be in, in, in with me. That's not right with God. We're not here to draw attention to our bodies. We're here to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. I don't know if people sit there. How dare he say that? God says it. And it goes with our attitudes and everything else. He said, I don't care if everybody in your job takes the Lord's name in vain. You are my child. And I said, take, do not take the name of God in vain. You know what God is doing is he said, do not be conformed to the world. The difference is conforming is like taking like a jello mold where you take something, you press it in there. When you pull it apart, it looks like it. That's not what God does. 
God transforms us. Transforming is an inward change that comes outward. With the heart, man believeth. It's inward. Actually, to prove it, he said, by the renewing of your mind. All of a sudden, God begins to put conviction in, planting your mind that that's not right. You shouldn't have acted that way. Your wife deserves respect. Your kids cannot have you sit there and argue with them and fight with them, and then all of a sudden you bring them to church and act differently. You can't sit there and gossip with your co-workers and then sit there and witness to them. You cannot do that. Renew your mind. Change your mind from the inside out. That you may prove. That means examine what is good and acceptable and will of God. You walk up to the word of God and God says this goes, this stays, this. Because this is what I want you to do to conform you into the image of him. Remember the goal is when you walk away, they don't see you. They see him. That's the whole thing. Because at the end of it, he said, go and make disciples. You cannot go and make what you are not. You guys get that? And I'm here to tell you, if we go our whole life following Christ and not becoming in the image of his son, then all we did was go for a long walk. We didn't accomplish what he called us to do. I think a lot of Christians that are just sitting there, this is a benefit. I'm not getting anything. And God says, that's because I want to conform you, change you. Extreme makeover to the image of his son. One last. Lord, show me. Then Lord, change me. And now notice this, Lord, help me. See, it's progressive action. I know I'm talking to a bunch of people that are just like me. And sometimes when God's working on me, I get discouraged and I'm thinking, you know, it's like dieting. I feel good. Feel good, feel good. Go out and cheat for the weekend. Get a pack of Oreos and a family-sized bag of uh, Swedish fish. Not that I know anything about that. <laughs> Me and the boys went on a weekend. And I said, I'm going to go off my diet, but I'm just going to get a little bag of something or whatever. And Jordan was like, Dad, this little bag is $1.78. The family-sized bag, which was 10 times as much. No joke, it was like the grocery size. It's four forty. I'm like, well, I'm a frugal person. That's the best deal. <laughs> By the next morning, the whole bag is gone. So here we are. I come back and go, whoa. You know, just like, why well, these pants fit on Thursday. You know, what happened? Sweetest fish. And for the record, just so you guys know, deception. Oreos are deceptive. They now have new Oreos. They're called Oreo Thins. They're not diet Oreos. It's so misleading. <laughs> They're just thinner cookies. You have to eat twice as many just to get the taste in your mouth. It's ridiculous. I thought I was doing good. You know why we have to sit there and go back? Because just because you fall down doesn't mean that God gives up on you. Just because you're following Christ doesn't mean you're not going to slip. Or maybe you'll even deny him three times. Maybe God's going to have to call to this shoreline and say, get back up and get back out there. Let, let me give you one last verse as we finish this up. Being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He is not done working on you. And you might say, Lord, show me. You might say, Lord, change me. And you get down the road and all of a sudden, it's Lord, you better help me. 
I'm slipping, Lord, I got out of church. I, I, I'm getting around some friends that are getting back into my mind and allow, being the wrong influence. Lord, help me. And I'll tell you, he is a help in the time of trouble. And I love this verse of how it says it. Let, let, read it again. He which began a good work in you. So who started it? Follow me and I will make you. If you're sitting there trying to overhaul yourself, you can't do it. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. That mirror doesn't do anything. It reflects the truth of what is there. The Word of God reflects the truth of what is there. Then I surrender. God help me. Conviction comes in and I I start making the changes in my life. He that begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We fail. We mess up. He picks us up. He restores us. And He keeps us going. And by the way... For all of us that have been saved 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, God's not done with you. You never hit a, hit a completion point going, whoo, look at me. Bright and shiny Christian, you know, come, come check it out. We never do that. God is working on you, working on you, working on you. Until when? Until the day of Jesus Christ. Don't sit there and say, I can back off a of church or I can back off of my reading. I don't have to go to the altar anymore. I don't have to get things right. And by the way, when we have church, we have time of prayer. It is just a time that you can just sit there and say, Lord, I want to get some things right. I want to make a public profession. I want to make a private time of prayer. Lord, I, I, want to, I want to make a change. I'm going to step out of where I'm at. Allow God to work in my life. Because I promise you, we're all in that boat. Lord, show me. Lord, change me. And Lord, help me.